Hey everybody, Adam from the Back Patio Network here. And Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com. And we are here to record episode 6 of the Almighty Podcast. We are, and uh, we've, we've tried to be very, very diligent about not getting ahead of ourselves so that every time we watched an episode of My Hero Academia to prepare for an episode of the Almighty Podcast, that we would do it with the freshest eyes possible. As a result, uh, the season finale kind of snuck up on us. I finished episode 12, and I didn't realize that episode 13 was going to be the finale. So it's like, hey, uh, Adkins, you just want to go ahead and watch all three and just do uh, cover all of them since we've been doing two episodes? It felt like this might flow a little bit better for you guys. Yeah, so, uh, you know, traditionally we cover two episodes. This this episode of the Almighty Podcast, we're going to shoot for three. Um, we're going to try to keep it tight um, to honor your time, but it should be a fun ride regardless. Yeah, welcome to the uh, season finale of Almighty Podcast. We're going to keep these in seasons for you guys. So next episode will be season two. Yep, and we'll pick up right where we leave this episode off with, which is uh, looking forward to this crazy-looking spawn ninja thing at the end of... Uh, we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's yeah, just talk about let's... episode 11 here. Game over. Yeah, so we're talking about episodes 11, 12, and 13 today. So let's start with game over. Uh, what'd you think, man? Uh, let's... Before before we go too far, we have to talk about literally the first words of this episode. They, oh my god, I know they come from Anetta. So <laughs> of this course picks they up. Do. Yeah, of course they do. I mean, if we're hitting pause on the entire podcast to talk about something, it's probably something that came out of Manetta's mouth or off of his head. Uh, <laughs> and the first words in this episode, I'm fairly certain certain are Manetta saying, "I had a good poop this morning, which makes my balls stickier." Um, uh, and of course, it's in reference to his weird quirk, which are sticky purple balls. Yeah, and he had said in the previous episode that his mood determines the stickiness of the balls that, that he's able to extract from his head. So I guess a good poop means that he was in a great mood. Yeah, or maybe it's like, maybe his moods are directly related to bowel movements. Who knows? But this character, I mean, it's mine just... Are. <laughs> this character is just continuously creepy though everything that comes out of his mouth is just i, I don't he's he's a character that you never know what he's gonna say and yeah. it doesn't sound like there are any boundaries when it comes to him oh yeah and this isn't the last time that we're gonna hear him shout the word balls in uh this in in this episode of the almighty podcast either so oh i'm sure i'm excited to see what happens to him in the next few seasons yeah so we okay his his comment aside we kind of spin um a pretty good chunk of this episode checking in on the various heroes as they were scattered about um the usj uh in this or during this assault of the villains um so we we're, we're briefly with sue and and uh, midoriya and Minetta um as they're kind of exiting the like shipwreck area uh and midoriya seems to be kind of second guessing or, or doing some calculations about what they could have done differently or the risks that they took yeah, um, like super inappropriate time to be second guessing yourself, man. Yeah, and and Sue calls him out on it, and she she vocalizes it as something like, you know, you can't second guess what you've done. You you know, we need to start preparing for what we're doing, which is a fine you know point of critique. Uh, it's not it that is. it's not like there's no time to evaluate. It's just that that wasn't the time because there are still villains crawling everywhere. And it was kind of nice to see the in general support from his friends. Like you can tell that this is more along the lines of her being sort of like, "Hey, come on! Like you did great. You know, like right. why are you second, your, second guessing yourself now? Like you are the reason we survived." So right. that was kind of cool to see some real good teamwork there. Yeah, we're not with them very long. Um, we, we basically get that little snapshot of them exiting uh, the waterhole, uh, and then we jump over to Kaminari and Kyoka and Momo in the midst of their own little battle with some some henchman equivalents 
Yeah, and they seem to be for the most part pretty worthless. I mean, the the villains here seem to just be your low ranking villains, but they're kind of having a problem because you know they want Kiminari to be able to just sh- electrically shock everybody, but he can't not shock them because he can't. Con- I guess he can't channel his electric energy. Yeah, and so he's kind of freaking out. And I have in my notes how did how did Kaminari not know how to apply his quirk? Because he's like, I'm useless in this situation. Because if I try to use my electrical abilities, it's going to shock everybody. I can't. It's not a targeted spell, right? Um, it's an AOE, right? And yeah, you yeah. Stand in the middle of it. So Momo, who we already are familiar with, her being pretty pretty sharp, just pushes him. Um, or is it or is it Kaminari that or not Kaminari? Is it Kyoka? One of the two of them pushes him just into a bad guy just forces him into contact with and he one. like shocks the crap out of him yeah starts and then they start this little fun little chain reaction of just connecting bad guys to p- bad guys connected to kaminari and it's yeah pretty, it's a pretty fun little little trick there and momo pulls out some pretty cool strategy here because she is able to generate a, a sheet that is like what does she say like a thousand millimeters thick or something so it's completely insulated yeah, it's 100 millimeters thick of, uh, and it's cool. I mean, we get to see, I, I told you I kind of read ahead a little bit on her quirk last episode. Um, so it's it's creation is what it's called. Right. Um, we do get this added measure to it where it says that she has to understand the molecular structure of the item, which is, right. that's that's intense. That is, um, it's very full metal alchemist. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's able to generate this gigantic insulated sheet, which um, we, we talked about her costume. It destroys her costume because it requires a lot of a lot of um, surface area on her skin to pull this thing out. So there's a funny little scene where they're like huddled up under the sheet and Kyoka is freaking out because Momo She's, is completely topless. Yeah, but I didn't uh, realize it was I didn't realize her quirk was what made her suit disappear. I thought it was the shock because they insulate themselves and then Kaminari is shocks everybody. And then they lift that insulation up, and she looked like maybe she had been shocked a little bit. So, so I guess maybe it was her quirk that actually like borrowed material from her actual outfit. Maybe it was more like she she. I think the way that it works is she pulls it from exposed skin, but in a large enough item, it's going to come into contact with her costume. That's why her costume is kind of minimized. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So when she removed that gigantic sheet, that. I mean, there was no avoiding basically shredding her clothing uh, during that uh, that extraction process. That makes a little sense. Um, So that was a pretty cool um, that was a pretty cool move. She was really smart, and once Kaminari realized what um, what they were up to, that they had this this safety net literally now, um, then he he blows off. But it turns out that his brain short circuits when he discharges that much energy, so he just becomes a huge idiot for a while, is what the quirk oh, announcer yeah. says. <laughs> I love it. Like I thought it was such a funny kind of drawback to his quirk. Like, yeah, I can shock people for miles out, but you know, if I do, then I'm kind of an idiot for however long, you know? Yeah, they don't really put a time limit on it, but he's kind of stumbling around in a daze for a little while. So we yeah. leave him in his stupor. And then we go over to uh, Todoroki, who is in a landslide, I guess, situation. Like, he was in one of the areas of USJ where there was this giant landslide, and it's really cool because he's literally frozen every single monster. Yep. Every single villain. And he's just ripping them a new one about how they're noobs and they're not on his level. He actually goes into, like, straight-up equalizer, intimidator, or interrogator. Interrogator, yeah, because he he freezes them and he tells them, like, if you stay frozen for the next however long, your body's going to shut down and you will die of hypothermia. Yep. Or you can tell me how you're planning on killing All Might and I'll make sure you live. Yep. So, and that's, 
it's pretty he he's cold blooded. I mean, I I, yeah. know, I realize that he's only half cold, but his all every drop of his blood is cold for pulling that stunt yeah. on those bad guys. Todoroki is really cool. I would say he's chaotic good. Yeah, he's he's pretty scary too. So yeah, his quirk is one of the best. I would say from out of this entire class, he seems like one of the guys that like he doesn't really need any help. He pretty much just lays it down. Yeah, we haven't seen him in what we would qualify or classify as danger yet. Like, I mean, things around them have been dangerous, but he has, he's just operating on this level that makes it seem not so to him. Yeah, I mean, there are people like attacking him with these giant spears and stuff, and he's immediately freezing them, ducking and dodging. Uh, he's trained. Yeah. Like, he is, he is top-notch. He'll be a pro hero for sure. And it'll be crazy the first time where he is in danger for whatever reason. I'm curious to see how... I mean, when you put somebody at that level... The challenge then becomes, how do you bring him down? I, I would think that it would have to be an understanding of how his quirk works, yeah. right? Like, we've seen several people explain their quirks, like Bakugo with his glycerin sweat. I wonder how he is freezing the air, like, if, if it's an atomical thing or if it's something else. I think that someone that understood his quirk could probably take him down. Yeah. But I would like that seems like how quirks work are heavily guarded secrets in this world. Yeah, that well, and I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. So then we go back to Ayazawa, who is just wrecking villain face. Yeah, it is incredible. <laughs> he's kicking, he's kicking so much butt, and it's so much fun to watch. Oh, man, it's awesome. And the, just his fighting style in general is really cool because he's got this like thick metal medical tape that's just. Uh, it's awesome. And so once he takes out all of the lower villains, he starts fighting this weird hand guy who we find out later his name is Sh Shigaroki. Shigaraki, yeah. And he, so Shigaraki is kind of voicing over some of Aizawa's fight um, and talking about numbers. First it was 22, and then it was 20, and then it was 17. And I think that was how many seconds uh, Aizawa was able to cancel somebody's quirk for, for the duration yeah, because he figures out that like his hair is straight up and down when he's using his quirk, yep. and then it falls flat whenever he's not. So I think he was counting how long his hair was static, Yep. because he's like, you're having to blink way more often now than you were when you first started. Yep, and then he, he takes advantage of those calculations that he had made and moves in on Aizawa and manages to... Aizawa, of course, would be trying to cancel, nullify his quirk, um, but he manages to get in right as that time runs out and grabs a hold of Aizawa's elbow and his elbow just starts to like fracture, like his skin starts to crackle and splinter and then ch like pieces of it kind of flake off and they expose the musculature and all this kind of stuff. It looked really cool. It did. It looked like it probably hurt like a, oh, like you couldn't believe, like a million bee stings. Yeah. And Shigaraki points out the same thing about Aizawa that uh, Midoriya did. Um, he, he's he's right up in his face saying, "You made a mistake. You're you operate best in from stealth and on one on one th fighting this group. Like you're you are able, but it has exhausted you. This is not who you are or what you should be doing. Uh, yeah, you can't sustain this for a long period of time. Yeah, and so uh, he pays a pretty hefty price here. And what's pretty great is Shigaraki is going to stick. I mean really really hard to a video game theme throughout all yeah. of these episodes so he leans into aizawa and he says i'm not the final boss um and then this is where we're introduced to nomu who's this giant like 
black and purple with an exposed brain and two googly eyes on the side of his head and a beak and sharp teeth. I mean, this monster. He's something else. He, I, I think I told you earlier, to me, he totally looks like a villain Digimon. Yeah, he does. And as he says this, like this creature has got a hold of Aizawa and you cut, we cut away from that after the I'm not the final boss line, implying that Nomu is cut away from that to a scene where half of Aizawa's goggles is just flying through the air with a bunch of blood. And then it's accompanied by some like gross, wet sound effects. And we get and like cracking bone effects. Yeah. And we get this very brief shot of Midoriya who just looks absolutely shocked. Um, and we hear uh, Shigaraki continue to talk about how that this Nomu thing is a bioengineered anti-symbol of peace is how he's ref- how he refers to this this creature. Right. I did I did some, you know, doctor internet research and Nomu means no brain or without brain in Japanese, which, you know, when I had mentioned this to you kind of off air, you were like, "Well, you can see this thing's brain." But right. I think it means more in this context of like a slave, um, somebody that responds only to like direct commands and doesn't really have any functions outside of um, compliance or obedience. And we're going to talk a little bit later about why I think that that is. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we haven't actually seen Nomu act on his own. He's he's only taken orders from Shigaroki. He hasn't even taken orders from some of the other villains that are there at all. Right. So, you know, I, I'm kind of right there with you. Like, there's something up with this dude for sure. So once we see Ayazawa get taken over by Nomu, it kind of cuts back over to Space 13, who I think her her name, it's not even a her, like they haven't specified the gender yet, so we'll yeah. call her they. Uh, 13 is trying to protect these students still and tells Ida, like, hey, you got to get out of here now. You got to go get back up. Otherwise, we're totally screwed. So Ida tries to run off, but Kirigiri is able to try and basically stop him using these warp portals. And the other students and 13 actually kind of take over and distract him. And when they do that, Kirigiri is able to wreck 13, like turns the powers back on them, and it causes their back to totally be ripped open, and they're now injured. Well, while he's distracted, Ida is able to get out of the door. And it was kind of a really cool team up here because you see several of the other students that we haven't really seen exhibit their powers help distract Kirigiri to get him away. And once Ida makes it out that door, that's when Kirigiri is like, all right, well, we're, we got to get out of here because backup is here in maybe three or four minutes. And I think we even see Ida say something like engine blast and just takes off doing his 39 right. miles per hour, which yeah. I thought was really cool. So just when all things seem at their, at their bleakest, you know, Aizawa who has been taking care of business is down presumably being squished and crushed to death. Midoriya, of course, is crying because that's what he does. He's the most cryingest character I may have ever seen in any show ever. Um, He's a super emotional kid. Yeah, but then this is when uh, All Might shows up, and (laughs) there's this really funny, like, brief shot where Shoji, the dude with the crazy arms that are, like, webbed, um, and he can turn the, the ends of his little wing bits into whatever kind of appendage that he wants, um, he's literally smiling with all of them. So I just have in my notes that All Might shows up and Shoji is literally all smiles. Um, there's just this brief shot where the tips of all of his wings are, you know, just teeth, basically smiling. Um, and we, we kind of end this, uh, this episode with Shigaraki. Basically, uh, earlier on this episode, he was like, it's game over. You know, if, if the other heroes get here, it's game over. Um, we need to leave. We need to pull our forces and get out of here. We need to, you know, perform a retreat. But now he suggests that they actually 
continue. Um, like continue is is more video game language that he that he kind of peppers throughout this first episode. But All Might's on the scene, uh, and he is uh, he is not smiling. Is the first thing that Midoriya points out at the very beginning of episode twelve. So there's almost no break in the action between episode eleven and episode twelve. So Shigaraki and Kurogiri are standing there. They were just about to pull a tactical retreat. But the henchmen begin to stir as All Might shows up, and they start thinking that if we strike right now, and this is kind of the henchmen are starting to um, to plan to go and, and swarm All Might, and you see All Might just very briefly in the background, and then he just disappears and destroys like seven or eight henchmen in the blink of an eye, and he manages to snag Aizawa oh, yeah. out from uh, the midst of uh, Nomu and the other bad guys. He drops Aizawa off with Midoriya and Sue and Mineta. And right before this, Shigaraki had decided, like, well, since we're going to leave and All Might's not here yet, we might as well just kill these kids and ruin his pride, you know? And when this happens, Midoriya is able to actually do a smash against Shigaraki, and Nomu steps in front of him. And it's pretty crazy because whenever Midoriya does this smash attack, he doesn't actually take damage. And that's the first time we've seen it happen. Um I, th- I have a theory about this. Um, it's mentioned. Yeah, I kind of do too. I think we're both on the same yeah, page. Yeah, because I think it's one. later on in episode 12 when uh, Shigaraki explains that Nomu, one of, one of Nomu's quirks is shock absorption. So uh, Midoriya has this brief moment where he thinks that maybe he has learned to control. I mean, he talks about after all this training, I think what's going on here is that the damage that he incurs when he uses uh the the power is um, shock based, and because Nomu has this significant sh- shock absorption, no damage is done uh, to Midoriya nor to Nomu. Right, and you know, I just had a thought. I wonder if, and this is kind of skipping ahead just a little bit, but with the police now having Nomu in kind of jail or whatever, I guess their equivalent of jail would be. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be able to study his powers with his shock absorption and implement that into Deku's suit somehow, mm. so that way he can use the one-for-all power without having yeah, some sort I don't of negative. Because that would be really neat. Uh, I don't know that we've seen a shock absorption quirk yet, so if they could study it and then replicate it into his suit, he wouldn't have like all reverse the engineer the bioengineered creature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting into some serious uh, craziness there. But I don't know, just a, yeah. kind of a random thought. Um, well, their their attention turns very quickly from Sue to All Might. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. The moment All Might shows yeah. up, they're like, okay, the final boss is here. Let's do this. Because he keeps using that video game yeah, terminology like you mentioned. So then Shigaraki says um, that he, he says he's still fast father. Yeah, I'd pick up and on that too. That he's gonna he's gonna use another term later. He's gonna say something about he's gonna refer to a master. I don't think that the two are necessarily mutually exclusive. They could be talking about the same person. Um, but you do get the sense already that he's hun- he's here, perhaps under somebody else's direction, or or at least with some borrowed right. information, um, some different intel. It's kind of come to light. That he's not the mastermind, basically. And that becomes definitely clear. um, I I think it's kind of in the middle of next episode. Yeah, definitely. But this is kind of the first hint that, like, hey, there are other people behind this. It's not just Shigaroki and Kirigira uh, and and some of these pawn villains, basically. Um, So then you have this climactic battle is about to go down in the middle of the USJ. um, And you have Mineta break this tense building, you know, intensity. Uh, shout out in the middle of it, punch him right in the balls, 
meeting his <laughs> his shouting balls out loud quota for this episode. Right. And I think while he's doing this, he's also feeling up Sue. And he's like, hey, we're not going to die anymore. And he's just holding her chest. And she starts to drown him, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, yeah, yeah. that's right, Sue. Show him who's boss. She does it I, all nonchalantly, too. Yeah, I actually really like Sue. Uh, I think she's a fun character that's kind of unique. So this is finally when you see Nomu and All Might just start to deck it out. And they're pretty much just standing there punching each other. And that's when Shigaraki is going through and being like, well, he's just as strong as you. His quirk is absorption powers and pretty much just laying it out for All Might. And All Might goes, well, thanks for telling me. I'll just stick him in the ground. So yeah. he, he slams Nomu in the ground and Midoriya and a couple of the other characters are kind of trying to get into a safe spot. And when they look back, they see that Kuragiri has p- teamed up with Nomu and they've basically like used his warp powers to warp Nomu through the floor and he's brought All Might into this like bent over position and he's just squeezing that sword, like that spot that, that All Might has. Yeah. And, and oh, it's, it's cool, awful. It's a cool visual though because All Might goes to suplex Nomu and so All Might is... His back is parallel to the ground. Right. And he's got Nomu in a similar position, but Nomu's torso disappears through the warp below him and then reappears about a foot um, towards All Might's feet. So you just have the, the top half of Nomu projecting vertically out of the ground, perpendicular now to All Might's body. And he's got his claws dug in, and it's a very cool, uh, like combo move. I mean, I, oh, that's yeah. what it is. It's, just, it's a flipping sweet combo move, is what it was. Even though it was against a good guy, it's still cool. It was really cool, but I felt so bad for All Might because you could just tell he he had to have felt defeated for the first time in a, probably ever. I mean, this you know, like he's in a very vulnerable spot at this point. Yeah, and he's in. I mean, he knows it. I mean, he starts freaking out because. Kurogiri is straight up, he's he's doing the villain monologue thing where he's going to tell, instead of just doing the thing, he's going to say what he's going to do in some at some future point in time. It drives me crazy when villains do this because it's just telling the hero what you're going to do gives them an opportunity to react to that instead right. of just doing it and being like, ha, ah, gotcha, sucker. But if that was the case, we wouldn't have like 98% of the media we have. So It's true. I mean, I, under, <laughs> I understand it but I don't like it. Right, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm right there with you. Like, it's like, definitely an awful trope, but it kind of is necessary, I think. Yeah, I would be a superior villain is what I'm suggesting. Oh, the world would be over by now. You would be the Probably. ruler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, so Kurogiri tells him, all right, with my little warp powers, we're just going to pull you halfway through this thing, and then I'm going to close my, uh, my warps around you and basically just cut you in half. Um, yeah. So there's that. That's going to happen. And... He's All Might's already like internally monologuing about how he's running out of time and he is getting weaker. Um, and uh, Midoriya is having a similar conversation because he's like, oh no, I'm the only one that knows how much trouble he's really in. So he begins to re engage and he's jumping through the air, getting ready to punch uh, Kurogiri or Nomu, probably Kurogiri. Um, yeah, because I and, think he's trying to punch like that specifically, that weird metal yeah. body that he has. Like he has like a metal right. neck that is armor that is shielding his body that he shields with his weird mist because he's a complex character like this is a character that has a lot of things going on yeah midoriya is beaten to kurogiri by bakugo who comes flying in along so cool yeah it is it is he screams at him he's like get out of my way deku like i'm saving the day today you know (laughs) yep so he comes in and uh starts pounding on uh kurogiri manages to disengage like pull him away from that particular fight and then you also have uh todoroki comes in and 
Um, he, I mean, in, again, not only does he have incredible, uh, an incredible quirk, but he, and All Might even remarks on this, he has incredible control over it. So he freezes Nomu all the way up to like his wrist so that he doesn't actually freeze All Might along yeah. with him. It's amazing. He has really good control of his quirk, especially compared to all of the other students. Yeah. And they're also teaming up with uh, kind of a newer, well, not newer character, but we get to finally see him in action, uh, Kirishima, who is like this redheaded guy that makes his body hard. Yeah, I think that that's, yeah, he like hardens. You have to be careful how you phrase his quirk um, yeah. because it could get a little racing again. This isn't that kind of anime. But yeah, I think that he can just make his... <laughs> there's no there's no good way to say it. He, he makes just his makes skin hard. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's still gross when we talk about it that yeah, way. But and it's kind I mean, of strange too because it almost looks like his hands sort of like melt together and form like blades. I don't know. I thought he was just turning his hands into swords, but he specifically says, "I make my myself hard," and yeah. I'm going to be the one that says it. So, yep. There you. I'm glad you said it and not me. So, uh, uh, so yeah. These these they managed to kind of break up that combo move, um, sort of because uh, Nomu is he breaks. The frozen bits off of him, and then just crazy regenerates, like Piccolo style. Yeah, it, just yeah. shoots I out mean, a brand nuts. new freaking arm. Yep, and so that starts everybody freaking out again because this guy seems to be back to hundred percent in no time. Yeah, and All Might um, even mentions like, "Hey, I thought you said his quirk was absorption," and Shigaroki is like, "Well, that's one of them." Yeah, and it's it's funny too because he he in referring to Nomu, uh, Shigaraki says that he's a highly efficient punching bag that fights back. Right. Um. So uh, Bakugo has Kurogiri pinned, the warp guy, uh, and that's their way out. So Shigaraki sends Nomu after Bakugo to kind of free up their escape plan um, with this like crazy punch. And all you see for a minute is these two trails, presumably of like feet being dragged, um, blaze, blaze through the concrete and then the giant dust cloud at a wall thinking that maybe Bakugo had taken that hit, which if he had, would have completely obliterated him. Oh, yeah. Bakugo would be dust. Yeah. Like dust and glycerin sweat. He would be glycerin paste. Right. So then we get, uh, we find out that it wasn't him, that All Might was super fast and ran over there, got in between them. Um, and, and like, this- I guess threw him out of the way real quick because now you've got Midoriya, Bakugo, and Kirishima all together. And Todoroki. So, like, they're all together now, whereas they were kind of separated a couple of feet apart. And even they are like, how the hell did you get over here so fast? Yeah. And this this leads to a pretty interesting couple of sentences that I want to take just take, like, 60 seconds to talk about. So, yeah. All Might gets frustrated with, with Shigaraki because he uses, or he, he was willing to use that much power against the kid. Like, he was going full-on, 100% violent against right. a kid. And Shigaraki says, you think that you can get away with being as violent as you want if you say that it's for the sake of others. To which All Might responds, you know, you make your action sound noble, but you're only doing it because you like it. And, and they, Shigaraki at some point says something along the lines of, well, who gets, you know, why is it that some, some people get to determine what is good and, and what is bad? And he's talking specifically about acts of violence. And right. just, just as a quick philosophical aside, we don't want to spend too much time here, but I think that he's conflating He's, he's kind of blending together acts of violence and sometimes the motivations for or the causes for acts of violence. And sometimes those things are, they need to be disambiguated a little bit. Um, I think that there are perhaps uh, causes of violence 
that could be justified uh, or at least seen as utilitous. And then there are some that are just, I mean, complete objective evil. I mean, it's the difference between Superman punching somebody and Lex Luthor punching somebody. 99 times out of 100, Superman's punch is going to be the good one and Lex's isn't. I mean, and it's not because the punch is qualitatively different between the two, um, but because the motivation that for that punch is different. So anyway. Yeah, and I think even Shigeroki at one point in time tells All Might that all he is is just government-sponsored instruments of violence. And I'm like, geez, mm-hmm. like, this guy is, he he thinks he's really philosophical, I think, when, and I totally agree with you. He He's just misplaced. Like, it, he thinks that he is elevated because he realizes the big scheme of the world or something. And I don't, like, I think he's totally backwards. Yeah, and I think he's younger. Like, I, I do, get, too. I, I, I get the, the feeling that, that he was young. about the same age of Midoriya, maybe. yeah. Um, so he, they get to this point where All Might is starting to get gassed. Um, and, but he, he's, he's the closer. I mean, he's the clincher. He, he's got to be the one that finishes this thing off. So he just goes straight ham on Nomu. I mean, oh, I mean, like, so awesome. Yeah. Crazy. He says, uh, uh, kind of at the resolution of this, he says he throws over 300 punches yeah. in this short span of time. And they're all, um, supposedly at over 100% of his power because it's one of the things that Shigaraki keeps saying is he was designed to take you even at 100%. And so All Might's like, all right, well, then I'll go over 100%. I'll yeah, do he'll, he'll go beyond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, well, and I think he even says, he says something like, you know, you've heard us, I'm sure you've heard us say it before, go beyond plus ultra. Now let me show you what it means. Right. And he just puts it all into this one crazy punch um, that looks exactly like, uh, well, not exactly like, but it looks similar to the Soul Punisher move from Gogeta from the Janemba movie. Um, yeah, so like, it does. All of this crazy light comes into his hand. And instead of throwing it, though, he punches and he sends Nomu like, not only out of the USJ, but he just is like parting clouds through the atmospheres. He's like possibly sent into low orbit with this one crazy punch. Yeah, like um, if Aizawa had his little uh, meter thing he was using when they were throwing the ball for the test in a couple episodes ago, it would yeah. show up with that infinite number. You know, like yeah. he just threw Nomu into space. He does come um, down somewhere, presumably relatively close, because Nomu ends up in police custody um, by the end of the middle of the end, next episode, or right. by the middle of the next episode. Yeah, but um, even but All Might it, has a comment here where he says something along the lines of like, I've definitely gotten weaker because in my my heydays i could have done that in three punches but this time it took 300 you know (laughs) and shiga uh shigaraki says that he he says he cheated yeah (laughs) he's like he's cheating (laughs) he says that a couple times and it's funny that he continues to use that video game terminology yeah i mean he's at least he's committed to it i mean yeah that's, that's true that's what we got um, so that's kind of the end of episode 12 um, and moves us into episode 13, if I'm not missing anything. Yeah, because I think at the end of episode 12 there, we've got this kind of last showdown. Nobu's been thrown out, All Might's standing there, and he's kind of facing down Kurigiri and uh, Shigeroki. And All Might is like, you can see all of that smoke rising off of his body. And even Midoriya yeah. is sitting there watching going, okay, he's out of time. And All Might even says a couple times, like, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And yeah. then it kind of cuts out from there. So, uh, you know, they leave it a pretty big cliffhanger for the end of the season. Like, that season, episode 13 is an awesome finale. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's certainly... This, this whole conflict in the USJ has been, I mean, pedal to the metal fun since, yeah. since the moment they stepped... They didn't even get to, like, explaining how the different areas were going to work for class. It was just like, nope, villains, deal with it. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I was really happy with on. that, too, because I, I think I had said in one of our earlier episodes, I really don't want 
10 episodes of people going to school to learn about their quirks. Yeah, know? yeah. So this was a really, really awesome way for the writers to introduce some great villains and show you off all of the quirks that these different kids have. Like, I thought they did a great job with setting this up. Yeah, and we get back to Momo and Kaminari and Kiyoka right at the beginning of episode 13. They're facing off the guy who is an electric type. Um, right. Is and what he kinda, they refer to him as. He kind of looks like Crossbones from uh, Captain America, in my opinion. <laughs> See, I have um, that he's cosplaying as Cubone, another Pokemon. Oh, yeah, because um, he's an electric type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Cubone's not, but just just them saying electric type uh, like primed me to think about Pokemon. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And he so he's, he, he's got Kiminari kind of like in a headlock, and he tells him, like, I don't really want to kill this kid because I have an affinity for other electric types. Yeah. Um, and they, they deduce that he's kind of the one that's been jamming their signals up. Um, right. And I think it is... Um, Kiyoka makes this comment about how, man, you have like a super utilitous, like a potentially super beneficial power, and you're just being a chump about it and with it. Yeah, she even mentions like, why aren't you out in the city applying your power for a job? Like, why are you a villain? Yeah. And he doesn't answer it either. That's kind of frustrated me. But it does kind of circle back to some questions we had had where, you know, are there people in this world that use their powers in their day-to-day job not being a hero? And it sounds like maybe this guy could pick up a job at, like, a power plant or something. Like, he, he could have used his powers to do good. But for some reason, and, and not only that, but, like, he had the right kind of power to be a good citizen and have a good job. Why would he choose to be a villain? You know, and I wish that they had let him answer that. Um, but he does not get a chance. Right, he does. Um, so again, we, we kind of jet away from that scene. There's still a couple scenes going on at once. Um, uh, even in the midst of the, the big final battle happening in the center, there's some tangential yeah. things that we keep checking in on. And they even show whenever Nomu gets blasted out of the USJ building, it like breaks the ceiling, and it shows a quick flash to some of the other areas where there are still students. And they're like, whoa, what the hell was that? Like The yeah. whole area is rumbling. So Yeah, one of them says, did a villain just fly by? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that a villain that just flew by? Yeah, yeah that was great. And Shigaraki goes back to kind of freaking out. Um, And he has this nervous tick um, where every time he gets nervous about something, he starts scratching himself, like especially around his neck. It's Um, almost like he's trying to harm himself. And and I kind of have a theory that his quirk, because we don't really know what his quirk is necessarily. He mentions at some point, he threatens Kirigiri, like, if I didn't need you to get out of here, I would tear you apart from the atomic level. I'm, I'm wondering if he has some sort of atomic decomposition he can do but if he has to inflict pain on himself to actually access that Mm. quirk or do it properly or something yeah i hadn't thought about it that way but i you know my degrees in psychology so i just saw it as like his nervous tick kind of like his tell like his uh uh-oh i'm in trouble um but you you, you could be right well, hey, um, let's be fair. I don't think I've been right about any of my predictions so far. About that is show. not true. You got the crazy arm grenade is is functional somehow. And I'm <laughs> telling you, at some point in time, that principal is going to show up and be a villain. And I then still strongly you'll... disagree. <laughs> we'll see. Um, We've got two more seasons. So he's freaking out, and he's talking about All Might. He's just as strong as, he, as he's ever been. Don't tell me I've been lied to. And I have in my notes, lied to by whom? I'm assuming this father guy that he mentioned earlier um, and that's even further evidence of the fact that these two, you know, that uh, Shigaraki and Kurogiri are not the, they're not the top. These guys right. are not the top of the villainous League of Villains or whatever, you know, the whatever the crazy lame name that they had for themselves was. Right. 
Well, and then later on, they talk to a master who claims that they're not like, oh, well, I'm glad that we did this infiltration under that name because that's been sullied, even though that's not who we really are. Right. It makes me wonder, is the is his father and the master the same guy or not? And I, I'm interested in really seeing that because I don't know if it was the master that told him this information about All Might or if it was his father or if they're the yeah. same person. So Yeah, I don't know. They're not necessarily mutually exclusive, so they definitely no. could be. And how does this person know about All Might's issues? You know what I mean? Unless mm. it makes me wonder if maybe he was the the person that knows about these problems might be the person that caused the issues. Oh, the toxic chainsaw guy? I mean, maybe. I, I'm <laughs> just... Or maybe they were involved in that scenario somehow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like it's a pretty tight-knit secret. So, yeah. and, and my other theory about there being a traitor has been disproven because that was never once brought up or mentioned in any of these episodes. So yeah, how did they figure this way. out? You know what no. I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have any good ideas on who this master or father figure might be. So, Shigaraki and Kurogiri decide to go all in, basically, on an assault on All Might to try to end this once and for all. And once again, Midoriya decides that he's going to try to jump in. He's All Might's only chance. All Might's basically internally monologuing and saying, if I move at all... I'm going to depower. I'm going to pop down into my Jinko gene form. Yeah, and he's he even says something like, crap, I need backup now, which yeah. is, that's going to be huge for All Might to admit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if you think about his character in general, I would imagine that that, that had to be a huge breaking point for him. Like, that's got to yeah. be hard. So he's freaking out. All Might's freaking out. Midoriya's jumping in. Uh, Shigaraki changes targets from All Might and uh, uses one of the warp portals to extend his hand towards Midoriya. And it gets shot with a bullet out of nowhere. Oh, it was so cool. Like, totally unexpected. Yeah, I, I literally, I was watching this episode, I said, what the crap just happened? And then two seconds after I say that, it cuts to Kaminari, who says, what the crap just happened? Like, yeah. verbatim says what I just said out loud. Well, and for some reason, I don't know why, but I hadn't even thought about the idea that there would be guns in this world like they have quirks ergo they don't need protection you know what i'm saying like i don't know the idea that there were existing gun things just didn't even think like that didn't register for me at all so when yeah. that happened i was like whoa wait hold on what but also like a couple episodes ago there was a guy who his quirk was gun related and i i was kicking myself for when i saw this in this episode my lo my note in in my uh on my notes says Guy has literal finger guns. Yeah. How did I miss this earlier? Like, I remember seeing this guy threatening Aizawa to shoot him with his fingertips. Uh, and then <laughs> this guy has literal finger guns, like not the facetious, you know, finger guns. He has literal finger guns of shooting bullets out of his fingertips, which is and pretty funny. I didn't even pick that up. You were the one that told me that. So I like I assumed he had pistols because he's kind of got a cowboy look. He's wearing like a cowboy hat with a big S on it. So yeah. I just assumed that he had like a revolver. And, you know, it's just funny that I just put that in his hand, you know? Yeah, and he starts wrecking too. He shoots dude. Shigaraki like four or five times, and he shoots that electrical dude that was uh, hassling yeah. Momo and them uh, once or twice. I think and a couple times in the shoulders. He's also like it. It appears that he's almost like a mile away because he had just now entered with the principal and all these other heroes at the entrance of USJ, and yeah. then we see him shoot, and it follows his bullets through these caverns, and or like almost like this Grand Canyon looking thing, and then it shoots this electrical villain. So he must have like some insane accuracy from really far away. Yeah, he he makes quick work of everybody. Um, oh yeah, he does. It's incredible. Shigaraki and Kurogiri start. Uh, they make a getaway despite some efforts from Thirteen. This is when 
Uh, Deku is kind of, so the, the conflict is more or less resolved. Deku is kicking himself once again a, a little bit because, you know, he didn't accomplish much during the course of these three episodes, at least not from, you know, a visual standpoint. Like sure. he wasn't, but, but All Might takes a couple seconds to say that uh, Midoriya actually bought him a few vital seconds. And if not, he would have been dead. I mean, he would have straight up died. Right. And it's it's kind of this really beautiful scene, too, because it pans out and you've got All Might laying in the ground and he's slowly transforming back into Jinko jeans. And he's like half of his body is still muscular. The other half is like really skinny and, and like, you know, just sickly looking. And then you've got Midoriya or Deku laying on the ground right next to him with his smashed legs, his smashed fingers. Like the poor kid's just all beat up and broken from his powers. But at the end of the day, he's still laying next to his hero and he's saved his hero's life. Like that's got to be such a cool feeling. Yeah, so Midoriya is laying next to his hero, and I think All Might would... I think there, there's a case to be made that All Might is lying next to his, too. Um, Absolutely. I think so, too. Uh, but again, Deku's crying because he's the cryingest dude ever. Um, and then they start freaking out because some of the students start to converge on All Might, who is in Jinko Jean's form. And so we meet this hero named Cementos. Oh, he's so um, cool. And he wrecks this giant stone wall. And he looks like Jiren from Dragon Ball Super plus Beaker from the Muppets. Like, if they yeah. had a weird kid, that would be who Cementos <laughs> looked like. Um, and, and I like that his name is Cementos, and then it pops up, and it's like, Cementos, his quirk is cement. Cement. Yep. <laughs> uh, they continue to be just mind-bogglingly, mind-bogglingly creative with their quirks. Yeah, um, like the, the super the obvious names. names, you know? Um, so... The stuff at the USJ seems to have more or less concluded. Um, there's some more touchy-feely stuff, but we cut back to um, the evil League of Villains um, in their secret, looks like a bar hideout. Um, Did you notice here. the giant All Might poster in the background? Yeah, that's all slashed up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And at this um, point, for some reason, Kirigiri, whenever he shows up in this bar, he's like in a suit. Like somehow between USJ oh, yeah. and showing up in this bar in this warp zone i guess he like changed clothes yeah and they're on video conference only there's no video so it's just like sound conference but it's on a tv for whatever reason and it just says sound um, only yeah so this is where um shigaraki says you were wrong master and the master responds we don't get to see who this person is but he does talk back and then so does one other person so there are two voices on the other end of this conference and i think there was um, a third actually i feel like i heard three distinct voices oh i only i only caught two but i might have been typing two voices when the third one spoke up and i had uh, yeah it was just it out a little bit one extra sentence i think so gotcha but they they suggest that they whoever they are must remain in the shadows so their goal is to make shigaraki the new face of evil so that's a little ominous um yeah it is it's super ominous yeah we basically leave the villains there and go to some of the more you know some of the more happy and sunny denouement for the rest of the yeah um episode i do want to touch on one thing with the the villains in the bar because they mentioned that nomu was specifically created by them so i'm really interested yeah. in knowing more about nomu because there's at one point in time it sounds like he's a scientist or something he he's referring to the master and he's like well master what about nomu you know like we created him specifically for this and so I'm wondering, is Nomu previously a human with a quirk that had genetic mutations put on him? Or is he, like, bioengineered in a lab? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I could see it going either way. I would want to lean towards, I mean, straight-up test tube kind of thing. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, Wolverine could be, you know, like, Wolverine was captured 
put through this test and then became Wolverine. I wonder if it's similar to that. Like if it, or if it was like a Deadpool thing, you know what I mean? Like he signed up for this and didn't know what he was getting into. And right. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of possibilities with this Nomu guy. Well, and I think this too, just, just really quickly, if they were able to do it once and have a reasonable measure of success with it, um, this might not be the last that we see, maybe not of Nomu who also he's, he's arrested. They have him in custody. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, but there could be like Nomu 2.0 or, you know, some yeah. some enhanced version. They're like, oh, you know, we, we can take this thing that did pretty well and make them a little bit better and maybe see some extra return on that investment. That's true. I wonder how long it took them to make Nomu because that's not mentioned. And I would think that if it didn't take long, they would be cranking them out left and right and there would be five or six Nomus. They wouldn't well, have just attacked with one. Yeah. No, I mean, who's to say they don't have a couple cooking right now? That's fair. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, so the last little bits that we have from season one, um, they are, they've got the police involved outside. One of them is a cat who is wearing a bell on a collar. Um, so you and I had this discussion, are there cat people in the world? Like there are in like Dragon Ball, um, or is this his quirk? Uh, I think either way I I will, I will grant either direction. However, I'm not willing to grant that, that cat man wearing a bell collar is, the norm is normal <laughs> yeah i don't um, think so either because even sue and ochako mention it like is that a cat and why yeah. is he wearing a bell around his yeah. head? <laughs> like that if it's a quirk the quirk does not um it does not accommodate for that bell collar and if it yeah. isn't a quirk then that is a strange strange fashion statement from a person who looks like a cat yeah yeah it's definitely an odd choice of accessories um so they, there's, a, there's a detective that we meet that knows All Might's secret because he goes and visits All Might and Midoriya as they're kind of recovering in the nursery. Right. Yeah, because the principal has pretty much given him free reign to investigate the entire school because yeah. they're talking about how they need to they need to up their security. And we see the principal talking with two other heroes, uh, a female who is wearing another pretty revealing outfit. Uh, I'm kind of really interested if she has a similar power to Momo. And then we've got a guy standing next to her that just sort of looks like a goofy amalgamation of a different of the superheroes. Yeah. He's, he's telling the investigator, like, yeah, you know, school's free reign. Just let us know if you need anything. Like, figure out how we can make this better. So the investigator goes to see Midoriya and All Might at the nurse's office. And All Might doesn't even blink when this guy shows up. And he's in his Jinko jeans form. And Midoriya's like, whoa, is it okay if he, uh, if he sees you like this? He's like, oh, yeah, he's my old friend from back in the day. He's my best police officer friend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's the best on the force, you know? Like, I feel like All Might doesn't have a bad word to say about anybody. He's such a nice guy. He hasn't so far. It's true. And, I, you know, I'm wondering, too, I kind of want to, curious what you think about this. Earlier on in one of the f- previous episodes, he had talked to Midoriya about how, you know, these four people know about the one for all power. You're one, the nurse lady's one, the principal's one, and my best friend. And the best friend was like a silhouette. I'm wondering if that silhouette is this investigator. Like if hmm. maybe, I wonder if All Might and this investigator are like the Bakugo and uh, Midoriya growing up together maybe he will maybe the investigator's quirkless you see know what I'm saying? on reflex i would say no because that doesn't make any sense of him being blacked out or blurred out of that one photo i think that the other person that knows is a villain which might further explain how it is that uh shigaraki and them knew um or oh, might have known you know yeah. about about what was going on because i don't even know if we know that they knew that all might could potentially run out of power or they would have just waited them out. Um, 
That's fair. I think that they know he's weak or getting yeah, weaker, but certainly. I don't think that they know that his power runs out like that. Yeah. That's uh, you know I hadn't even thought about that. I assumed that they knew that, but now that you say it, it makes sense. Otherwise, they would have just waited a couple more minutes. Yeah. So, so that's I an interesting point. Still got some learning there. I don't think the detective is is like I don't think he's the dude from the photo. I think yeah. that's going to be a bad guy somewhere. Down I wonder the road. if that's the master or uh, Tomorrow's father. You know, yeah, could make that, that would make some sense. It would be really sad if uh, we've been calling him Shigaraki, but his name's also Tamura. It would be really sad if he's like All Might's nephew almost. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like maybe not by blood, but like it's his best friend's son. Like that would be an awful situation. That would be pretty rough. But I but feel I, like they would have said something if that were the case. I think so too. But maybe that's going to be more of a like a mystery season two, season three kind of thing. I don't know. Mm, maybe. Well, we leave with a fancy zoom out of the school and like all fancy, you know, emotional music playing in the background. The shoot, the school itself spells UA just like the uniforms. If you catch that really quickly. I thought um, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But then we also have this this very ominous statement that the worst is yet to come from the villain side, and we're treated to this this very short clip of a, a ninja that has like tattered ribbons flying, kind of like Spawn's cape, sort of whipping yeah. in the wind, and he's perched atop a building. And I'm all for it because ninjas are the best, and I can't wait. And he like licks his lips with this weird toad tongue. Like we're gonna see some weird villains next season, I think. Yep. Well, I mean, we saw some weird ones this go around, and we still don't know what half of them do. That's so. true. And that's it is kind of weird to think that we're thirteen episodes in, and we don't know the majority of the students' names, let alone their powers. And there's one crow student that we've seen his power once in USJ. Like he has this weird shadow hand that yeah. like attacks some people. He looks really cool. I want to know way more about him. Uh, we've got ferrets. Luke Skywalker, the Luke Skywalker guy that's got the weird tail. Like we have no idea really what he does. So Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, we as in like you and I are terrible at names regardless. So right. I'm sure that many of these people were named and we were just like, no, we're never gonna get that name right. We have a hard time keeping the names of like the main characters straight half the time. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not fair. our strength. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought this was really, this was a unexpected ending. Like normally I feel like animes have 24 episodes in a season, or maybe I'm just used to these really long running animes that feel like their seasons are super long. Mm -hmm. So for it to have only been 13 seasons, it felt kind of cut short, but yeah, what they had episodes. was, a, sorry. Yeah. 13 episodes. Uh, but what they had there was incredible. Like I've really, really enjoyed those 13 episodes. Yeah. One of the things that, that struck me and maybe this is why it didn't go 24 episodes is that there was no filler content in it whatsoever. And I'm saying that not having read whatever manga exists. So I'm not like comparing pages to what I see on screen. But what I mean by that is there's no episodes where something isn't happening that develops the characters or moves the plot forward meaningfully instead of like Piccolo and Goku going to get their driver's license Everything is is progressive in this first season of My Hero, and I hope that that's a trend that continues um, in too. future seasons as well. Yeah, me too, because I really enjoyed the fact that there was not a boring episode in this. And I'm not going to say that Piccolo and Goku getting their driver's license was boring, because that's one of my favorite Dragon Ball Z episodes. <laughs> but there was not any point in this where I sat down and started watching it and thought, yeah, I can skip this one. Right. You know, whereas with Naruto, like I've watched all of Naruto and all of Shippuden, there are probably a good, I don't know, I'd say between those two, there's probably at least 100 episodes you don't have to watch. Oh, like, yeah, easily. just complete 
I don't want to call them boring, but like nothing happens. You're just like, okay, I can skip this one, you know? Right. So, and there's been none of that so far with my hero. It's been consistently amazing. Yep. And something else, I, I haven't mentioned this yet, really, but in these three episodes, when there's all this fighting going on, the animation is top notch. I mean, I've seen some animes where everything's good until there's a lot of action happening, and then the the animation just really suffers. But so far in this one, animation has been top notch from beginning to end. And the background music is phenomenal. I would almost buy an album of just the background music from My Hero. I bet you can. I'm sure you can. And it sounds great. Like I I probably will if I can find it. Just because the fight music is so good. And All Might's music is just heroic. Every time it comes on, I feel so inspired, you know? Yeah. Well, this is is where I land on My Hero Season 1. You and I came to this... As total greenhorns have having heard about it, you know, spoken of here and there, recommended to us. Um, this first season does an amazingly good job of making you want to watch the second season, um, and it does it very quickly. I mean, it establishes uh, that that sense of "ooh, I want to know what's next" with the first episode or two, um, and then the rest of the season is basically. Uh, it, it generates even more and more of that. Uh, so I'm glad that we're doing a podcast with it. But even if we weren't, I would want to keep watching this 100%. I mean, there's there's so much potential in this show. And that is crazy to say, given not its potential, but its actualized um, you know, quality and goodness. And uh, that that is exciting for what's to come next, because... Presumably and ideally, it would only get better. Yeah, and we've been told multiple times by multiple people that it only gets better after season one, which it's hard to believe because it's already really, really good. In fact, if we weren't doing a podcast about this, I would have already been caught up. Like, yeah, I would have (laughs) binged all of this in one night. Probably, it's it's been really awesome. Definitely. So we got we got much to look forward to. Absolutely. So I guess this uh, this will probably wrap it up for episode six and season one of the Almighty Podcast. And we will be back with season two, episodes one and two. And we are we are we are itching. We are we are chomping at the bit to go ahead and move move on from leaving behind not what is useless, not what is bad, not what is subpar, but what is awesome and looking forward to the amazing, the next step up. Yeah, yeah. So just one last quick question for you. Do sure. you think that we'll have a time skip? Like, do you think next episode, it's going to be two years from now? Or do you think it's going to be tomorrow, like the day after this incident at USJ? Mm, I don't... mm, That's a good question. Because they do a lot of time skips in TV shows. And so I'm just kind of curious if we're going to see, like, a graduation scene in episode one of next season. Yeah. I don't don't know. I I, I I honestly don't know. I really hope we don't. And that's the first time I think I'll say that. Because a lot of times I enjoy skipping stuff and having, like having my cake and eating it too, right? Yeah. Like, let's skip through all the crap no one wants to watch. Let's them have their their powers, they're graduated, and see what happens then. But no, like, I want to know what's happening. How does Deku figure out how to maintain his powers without getting hurt? You know, like, I'm really interested in seeing some of the development of these kids. Yeah, I think, I think that it's safe to say that some time will have passed. I don't think it will be years, uh, but maybe a few days, a few weeks, or whatever. Sure. Um, because, yeah, they... They are going to do the necessary due diligence with uh, Midoriya's, per- particularly his um, development with uh, the one for all. So 
I, I think that's a guarantee. I don't think we're going to skip that far into the future. But we do. Um, we are treated consistently through these episodes with the voice of years off in the future, Midoriya, who is dropping hints at um, what we can look forward to. In fact, he was the one that voiced the the worst is yet to come at the very end of um, episode 13. So right. it's yeah. future Midoriya that said that. Yeah, and f- future Midoriya keeps dropping in these hints like, and this is how I became the best hero of all time. So right. I wonder how far into the future that is, you know. Uh, if is it thirty years from now? Is it five? Is it maybe a couple weeks? Like we just. Yeah. And the cool thing is, we have no idea. So, looking yeah. forward to it, man. I don't think it's too terrible in the future, and maybe this is a terrible reason for me to think this. But do you ever watch the show? Um, not Happy Days. What was the one with Fred Savage? What was that one called? Oh, uh, that is. Wow, man, Wonder I Years. Wish... Wonder, Wonder years. years. Yeah, Wonder Years. So in the Wonder Years. You have the voiceover of Fred Savage's character that's set so far in the future, but it's a grown man's voice. We don't have that with Midoriya. It's Midoriya in, within a reasonable period of time in the future doing that's a true. voiceover because he doesn't sound like he's 30 or anything like that. So That's true, yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. So it's probably in the pretty near future. Yeah, it might not be a fair analogy, but that's, that's where my head is at with it anyway. And that's kind of what I was thinking too. So yeah, definitely. Well, cool. I guess we will see you guys next week for episodes 14 and 15, right? Onward and forward. All right. You guys have a good week. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod or follow at Back Patio Net for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O. S-I-M-S-O.